Barney's doesn't guarantee success. Vogue doesn't guarantee success. What guarantees success is if you actually find an audience that actually loves your product. We've been very slow to change in terms of how technology has impacted our lives. A new social network can pop up overnight and completely change our business model. Hello and welcome to The Glossy Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss fashion, luxury, and technology with the people making change happen. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and on today's episode, I sit down with Marina Lerude, the head of Shoots International. We invited Marina to discuss how her editorial background set her up for her current role, what white space Shoots is filling in the footwear market, and why physical retail is still a crucial piece of the pie. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, Marina. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This is my first podcast. So exciting. Well, aren't we lucky to have you? (laughs) Have us as your numero uno. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So talk to me. You are new at Shoots. Yes. I got it. We're going to walk through your whole career path, which is definitely interesting. But tell us about Shoots. Shoots. We are developing price point brand. Uh, we own our own manufacturers in Brazil. So we are similar to a DTC channel. I don't think there's anything like that in the shoe business in the U.S. at the moment. We offer very good quality shoe uh, and a lot of like fashion shoes directly to the consumer. Let's put it this way. So. Yep. The margins are not like super high. And what I love about it is I think women in general, we are just so tired of overspending in a product, right? And then I have been working luxury my entire career. And I love fashion more than anything. But then sometimes I just felt like so guilty <laughs> when I bought something. I was like, oh, my God, I'm overthinking, right? Oh, should I have bought this? Should I not? And and so on. And our shoes, like our sandals, are like $150. And I understand yes. it is. It's not that it's like super cheap. It's not that. But it's it's definitely the price value. It's there. It's all Absolutely. this amazing. The quality of the product is impeccable. We have a, a fashion that it's that it's there. Our turnaround, you know, for the moment that we design a shoe and have it in our own stores, it's eight-week lead time. So we are very on top of fashion trends. And the quality of the product, it's 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 what I said to you. It's really impeccable. So delivering like a great boot for $200, it's we, yes. there's no competition in the market, right? So our client, if you're thinking about the Madison Avenue, there's, no, there's not a price resistance. And when I walk into the store and I'm there, I'm very surprised to see the clients, they walk and they buy two or three, four pairs of shoes. And yes, we have the basic pumps, but we also have amazing pink vinyl sandals. So to offer the client a wide range of fashion product at an affordable or approachable price point, you can really have fun and play with gold boots if they are, you know, a $200 price point. So there's none of that. Um, I think we're all tired of seeing a shoe for $400, $500. And when you're invited to your best friend's wedding and you are like the bridesmaid and you don't want to spend, you know, a lot of money. And we see a lot of clients, they come and they buy a metallic sandal for like $160, $170 that they can wear multiple times. And we have a huge celebrity following Yes, um, you know singers, and then uh, so exciting this weekend. James Charles 
wore our sandals to to Marc Jacobs, you know, fashion show, and that's pretty major. So cool. It's it's very nice to be able to dress a wide uh, variety of women and totally. to give like very tasteful and fashion products. Um, to more women out there, you know? Yes, the price point is great. What can you tell me about, like, like you said, margins are low, like there's the quality is there. This is real leather. This mm-hmm. is, I mean, are those amazing knee-high snake skin boots? Those are like a 200 range. So th- the most expensive shoe that we have, the super the over-the-knee, like that is pretty much like a leather boot. It's a leather legging in a way. Yeah. It's three ninety five, and that's the most expensive shoe that we have in store. Awesome. If you are looking for like the gold boot that yeah. it's has been a hit on Instagram, that is two ninety five. That's wild. So how can you find a boot that gives you so much of a look for like two ninety five? And those are like the most expensive items in the store. Very if you are cool. looking for a high heel sandal. It's between like 150 and like 190. Yeah. And yes, we do have 200 stores in Brazil and we do own our manufacturers in Brazil. So the scale that we have in the business that really helps, you know, delivering the best fashion for the client. We have a boot that we sold over, I don't know, like 30, 30 units in a matter of like a day because people just want to buy like a $200 boot and yes, they can buy it in black suede, but then they can also buy it in gold. Yes. And then if they want to buy it in gold, if they want to invest in the fashion, yes. they don't feel bad for themselves, you totally. know, for, for trying on. Um, so there is a lot of the price value. It's there. Totally. Talk. Let's talk about that eight week lead time. Um, yes. Kind of driven by trends. Where are you kind of like, what is a cue that we need to make this style or make something that's kind of along this trend? Are you seeing it more on Instagram? Is it coming so from we the can runway? Do, what is so great, it's we can do it all, right? Yeah. Like, there's this boot that we sold so many units in, in the weekend. So we can address right away. We're still in the fall season. And we can be like, okay, let's add this in brown suede. Or let's tap into another colorway since the clients are really responding to this one in style. Yep. Or we can be like, okay, the tongue sandal is really happening this summer. We are seeing this, you know, let's give the client that item too. What I think was with the heel. <laughs> what I think it's, it's missing, you know, in in the market or where I thought that it was an opportunity. It's it's to give that fashion and to give that taste level to to all women out there, you know, and to to help them feel empowered in their own shoes. Yes. So the brand is not new. I was looking back, nineteen ninety five. So yes, did it start you're right. direct to consumer, and it started in Brazil. Talk about kind of the growth when it maybe hooked up with some wholesale partners, and when it did start inching into the states. So Alexander Bierman, he's the CEO of this big shoe company in Brazil, which is called Ariesu. Yes, Alex, he has Alexander Bierman brand himself, which is a luxury shoe brand part of the group. Yeah. So Alex founded Shoots in 1995. Got it. And he founded in Brazil, basically on the same needs that we are talking about it now, like fast fashion for for the country. And I mean, listen, it's been quite successful there. As I said, to you, it's around like 200 stores, and there is a licensee business and, and share with their own uh, franchisee business. Sorry, franchisee business with yep. some a little bit wholesale, but it's just the wholesale business in Brazil. It's different than it is here. It's more. It's more specialty stores and its own boutiques. Seven years ago, he opened its first store on Madison Avenue. Yes. A little later than that, um, Beverly Hills was opened. Then... 
tap into wholesale. I think at Bloomingdale's or Saks, it was one of the first ones, you know, okay. to be part of the brand. And two years ago, there was a huge expansion plan. So now we have six stores, one in San Francisco, one in Aventura in Miami, Beverly Hills, Madison, Short Hills was recently open, and we have an outlet in Las Vegas. Oh, cool. Our website yep. has been open or really, you know, to the market in the past two or three years. And when when I'm thinking about wholesale partners, Revolve, Nordstrom, Saks, Neiman's, Bloomingdale's, they have all been part of it in nice. this part of expansion. And we are really growing the business. It's quite exciting to... And, and I think that there's a lot to do with the miss in the market where I don't think there is any product out there that offers this high-quality shoe for the price point that we are and offering that great taste level of fashion. Yes. So right now, the breakdown of direct-to-consumer and wholesale in the States, is it maybe more I, so online? Uh, I would say it's, well, wholesale is really big right now yeah. for us. Because when you're thinking about when you are at all Bloomingdale's doors, right, and they have like 35 Honestly, doors. yep. And when you're thinking about like Nordstrom and you add that, you know, another. So the volume um, for those doors are bigger than totally. our presence because we only have six doors. So, but, you know, we are growing the business. We have another store to be open next year or maybe one or two next year. So there's a lot in the pipeline. Okay. Is the goal to have a, an even breakdown or kind of? Yes, 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 okay. yes. The goal Perfect. is probably to have an even breakdown or like who knows, you know, to yeah. even grow the, the direct-to-the-consumer channel even, even bigger. Got it. You mentioned some of the um, influencers that have been wearing the shoes. Is that a big strategy for you? I feel like you're an influencer on your own. <laughs> but <laughs> tell me about the impact or the, um, the impact that an influencer can have on a brand and kind of what opportunity you see there. So what I see is um, when I when I think about it, like an influencer, right? Like Melinda Gates, she's an influencer for me. Oh, yeah. So Michelle Obama, they're all influencers for me. So when I think about influencer, it is a woman out there that has a voice, or a man out there like James Charles that made my day when he wore my <laughs> sandals. Yes. So it is about you know dressing all women and. And spreading the voice out there that we have the best shoes in the market. So I want to dress comedians. I want to dress celebrities. Like everyone, it's welcome. And I want to dress more more than that. I want to dress real women. I want the real women to be talking about the product and to be not necessarily just the fashion community. I really want to put the word out and and to have r real women, you know, doctors and, and all my friends and your friends and yeah. everyone really excited about, you know, a shoe brand. So it does not matter, honestly, if you have 70 million followers or like 9 million or like my friends that has 500. I want yeah. people to be really sharing their news with, with their friends. Definitely. So two months in, <laughs> what do you see as the big opportunities for the brand or um, where it can grow? Are you looking at, like you said, it may not be a household name just yet, mm -hmm. um, kind of getting the name out, expanding the awareness. But also, do you are you looking at more categories? Maybe, I don't know if you guys make a sneaker now, but is that kind of something that you're considering? So I'm looking to everything right at the moment. I'm, I'm looking to expanding the product category in terms of flats and kit and heels and sneakers of course we have sneakers in in the business i want to be able to you know to bring the handbags into the assortment so expanding the accessories 
I want to be able to be working with partnerships and collaborations where I think will enhance the brand experience. I am looking to create the brand awareness in the U.S. and to spread the news out and, 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 you know, with the price value situation. I do want to create a better online experience and more in tune with what's happening and the same in the retail um, capacity. I do want to partner better with our, not better, but like, you know, what what it's happening right now in wholesale and how we can um, spread the brand out. So there are many different aspects of the business that I want to expand, but most and more important and as a woman, to be dressing more women and to help them make their day a little bit better. Yep, totally. I mean, you have a different perspective. You obviously come from, you came from Barney's. That was your your, yes. most, your prior gig. Yes. <laughs> um, so you were there for two, two and, two and a half years. Yeah. Yep. And your role wasn't fashion director. VP? I was. Yes, I was a VP of fashion director. Okay, so you definitely have a unique perspective. Maybe in terms of even a relationship with a wholesale partner. What do you see as maybe? Or possibilities or ways to working with a retailer that maybe somebody that's, you know, a traditional brand background might might not consider. You know what it's funny? I think I think when you when you work in the retail environment, right? Like you know what it works and what doesn't work. So I think when I first came, I was an editorial for 10 years or 12 years before enjoying my my retail role at Barney's. And I used to be like, oh my God, this Balenciaga dress look too, it's amazing. Yeah. But then when you see in retail, you're like, okay, how many of these pinks mini dress can you actually sell probably two three four five if we're lucky yeah. it's a very specific it's a high price point it needs to be a young woman that we want to wear like a mini dress and there's just so many restrictions to it and then you start looking at the volume of it of what actually really performs in retail it's the leather jacket that a lot of women can can dress so we all learn through our uh, experiences right what what the consumer actually wants and what the consumer don't want. I think what I learned is you need to be agile. You need to, you know, and what I have brought to the table with, of course, Alex's help in manufacturing, being able to deliver a product in eight weeks is when I see something that it's really performing at my own stores, because not necessarily what I have into my stores, it's what you're going to be able to find in our wholesale partners. Yeah. So I have these little drops that are like the fashion that we can just infuse every month. So if if I see a sandal that it's really performing, that we sold so many units in a month like or like in a week, we call our wholesale partners. We're like, do you want to jump into this brand with us? Yeah. We have the shoe. We can deliver that to you right away. Awesome. Do you want to buy into this immediately? So instead of waiting for that six months lead time just when they see us in market within the season when you see a spike in sale within our own channel we reach out to them and be like do you want to buy this right now so there are like different ways that we can accommodate and i think everyone right now we want to make business right at the end of the day us or our wholesale partners so everyone is more flexible in and there are things that i also learned that it did not perform in in wholesale so i'm not going to even try yeah so i think that also helps me a lot you know totally um on having that experience and being like you know what i'm not going to even waste my time um in this digital marketing campaign or whatever it is yes you know so totally What's your take right now on kind of even a luxury department store, um, multi-brand retailers as a whole? Do you think that 
I don't know. They they have a future. Do you think that? You know, everyone's talking like doomsday for for malls and for department stores. Um, where do you see as kind of maybe what needs to be done to keep them alive or the state of them right now? I think it is a buyer's market now, right? So yeah. it is a consumer market. So you walk into a store, you see something that you like. If you think that that's too expensive, you're probably Googling that right now in your phone while you are browsing the store and then you're shopping someplace else. So I think it is a very competitive market. Um, I do think that there is space for it to exist somehow. Yeah. But I think I think the consumer now, they are more like, they want to buy the best that they can for their own dollars. Like everyone is more smart about it, right? So yeah. that's what we need to do. We need to, I think that the price value situation, it's really key in this market. So people are not going to buy like a black cashmere sweater for like so much more money anymore because they can buy from another DTC channel that is going to cost half of the price. Totally. And I think it is a revolving door. Uh, it's not it's it not a revolving door. I think it's it's a new business now and it's the same thing for the lower market, right? When you think about Gap or J Crew or other brands that are probably in in more like in an affordable or um, price point. Are they offering the right fashion? Are they offering what people really want right now? Everyone is much more informed through digital channels to all the social media that we're seeing out there. And and the consumer are more smart about their money. So how are we going to please them? That's a real question. Yes. Do you see, what do you see as going from Barney's to a lower price point brand? The definition of luxury, you talked mm-hmm. a little bit about what women want right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they want out of, what do, what do women want out of fashion? What's their definition of luxury? I think, I think luxury, for me, luxury is time. For me, luxury, it's me getting the best product out there for the lowest money that I can. I don't want to overspend to feel that, I, that I'm buying luxury. And, and, that, and I think the more women are aligned with that thought too. You know, they are aligned on, on, on buying the best product that they can for. They don't need to be buying something that has a higher price point to feel special anymore. Yes. And and I see that a lot, again, in my own, you know, at the shoot store on Madison Avenue that I'm there pretty much every day of the week. Definitely. I follow you on Instagram, and I know that, I don't know, what, what happened with the Madison Avenue store recently? Was there kind of a an update a or revamp. a refresh? Yes, yes, a refresh, a refresh. Yes. So, so what do women want out of physical retail in particular, too? Yeah, so I, you know, when I was, um, as soon as I got the job, Alex was like, I need the store to be ready and done for like fashion week. And I was like, oh my God, this is so not possible. This is not going to happen. The and pressure. then and then, and then I started looking at it and seeing what I could do. And when I look at the facade, I thought it was so quiet and how to make an impact, right? So we changed the facade in, yes. in a day, and then we saw a huge spike in sales ever since. You know, I think it really screened for people to know that we are there, and yes. there were clients that never walked into the store before that are coming in, and, and they're like repeat clients. So we really helped just just make a little fresh. It's hot pink, right? <laughs> it's hot pink. We're getting a lot of clients, you know, taking pictures and tagging us on, on social media. And yes. I think it's, it is part of like this woman's world right we all and it's funny because my my kids they take the bus there to go to the park as so i show it to them i was like oh did you see how this store looked like and i have a 10 year old girl and a <laughs> five-year-old boy and my daughter was like mommy but i was there yesterday and i didn't see when did that happen i was like oh 
in the middle of the night and we got it done. <laughs> it's magic. And my son was quite upset. He was like, Mommy, did you choose pink? Why didn't you choose blue? And I was like, okay, next time. So it's definitely a conversation so point. Yeah, so sexist. I need to do that for, for George. Um, yeah. What's happening inside? Is it um, any bells and whistles or any technology that being integrated? What are you seeing in terms of as a store selling shoes, do people just want to come in, get their shoe, and go, or is technology yeah, need to be you know integrated? What it's in, yes, do yes, technology does need to be integrated. But if you walk in there, and if you're there, and you can go any time of the day, I was there this morning, Monday, 10 a.m. It's always packed. You have like five women like trying on shoes all the time. I think it is. It's one of those things that people just want to have fun and yeah. and they feel good, you know, buying. Like, it just makes, I don't know, for a very long time, um, whenever I was spending money, I felt so uh, judgmental about my own paycheck. I'd be like, why would I spend so much money in this? Am I going to wear this this much? You know, maybe I am. Yes, I am an overthinker. <laughs> but when you, when I get the women out there, they, they're just happy with their purchase. You know, they want to have fun. And I think this is a good time to to have fun in, in fashion and to feel good about what you are consuming, you know? You're looking for a way to kind of really connect with this woman and show them that you can have style without lowering your budget. Yeah. Is it necessary to have kind of a brand moment in in store at these multi-brand retailers? Um, how are you able to tell the story when it's not, you know, your own store or your own channel? I think... For me, the best way is to get more eyes into the product. I yeah. want more women to know about it. And when you're thinking about all these wholesale doors, right, when you're thinking about like being at all 35 stores at Bloomingdale's, it's more women to get to know your product. Yeah. It's more exposure. So I want them to know that they can come to us for a, for a crazy fashion shoe or to the basic shoe for every moment in their life. So yep. I think that's the story. Totally. Is Instagram your biggest kind of opportunity for discovery or your biggest marketing channel? I notice even on your site, you have a, a section that says shop Instagram. Yes. Talk to me about the role that's playing Instagram in the success of the business. I Listen, it's huge successful, right? Whenever we do, we, whenever we just, what I love about Instagram, it's in that moment. It's really live and it's fast. Yeah. So if we see a celebrity wearing a shoe or if we see any women, like you can repost, you can tell your followers, you can tell your story, you can tell your product. I personally shop a lot throughout Instagram and I think that's the way that you're consuming information, right? You know that Bill Gates, it's launching a new Netflix series through Instagram. Maybe, yeah. maybe, yes, of course, there's an article in the New York times or maybe there is like an advertising on netflix but we are so hooked to instagram yes that i am consuming a lot of information through that right like which books to read which uh which restaurants to go if it is tacha matcha if it is like yeah. we are consuming <laughs> all the information throughout social media yeah so and what i love about instagram is it's various people and they all wear the shoes in a different way so it's really like style your own. So you're not yeah. just selling the product itself. You're showcasing to a wide audience on mm -hmm. how they can wear that shoe. Yes, that makes sense. And it's competing her where she is. Yes. Everyone's scrolling. Yes. <laughs> can you talk about also being, again, meeting her where she is? 
the retailers you're selling through is is Amazon a current partner? Are you selling through Amazon? Yes. Talk Amazon, to me. Amazon, yeah. it is a current partner of yes. ours. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And was that a big decision to flip that switch? I feel like it's such a conversation in, in fashion. I mean, listen, it's all a trial, right? Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> yes, we have our own store on Amazon, and, yep. and we love to be partners with them. So we are with all the other, you know, retail partners, totally. and we are huge in the e-com and in the other, like, wholesale partners as well. Amazing. Are people saying, Alexa, send me the shoots yeah. make skin boot? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Let's I get more that. people to use Alexa. <laughs> Definitely. Talk to me a little bit about your editorial background and how that's played into. <laughs> I'm sure just career after career, you learn something. You take learnings from every past experience. But you were at Teen Vogue. You were at, I feel like Style.com Style. is coming com. up a lot today. Yes. We talked to Tommy Tan oh, okay. as well. But um, gosh, First of all, what was the transition like from Teen Vogue to Barney's? How did that even go down? Oh, wow. Um, so I spent a decade in in digital, right, at yeah. Style.com. So I was there for literally 10 years. And it was the website at the moment. Like yeah. there wasn't the cut, the fashionista, the cover tour, and like none of that. So the speed and the global eyes on your platform, it was something that I never take it for granted and... I learned so much from that experience. It was really good. And again, I think Style.com at the time, it was offering fashion to everyone who wanted to consume, right? There was yeah. never downplaying the customer or or the reader at that time. I came to Teen Vogue and they actually asked me at the time, do you want to come and, and come to print? And of course, I wanted to learn a lot from Emmy and I knew that I needed to manage a team and manage a big project and manage a budget and manage a photo shoot and see how that worked. So that is when, when I did the transition. Then Tomoko, who was the fashion director at the time at Barney's, it was someone that I that I knew. And and she was leaving the company and she asked, was like, oh, would you be interested? And, and of course, I was like, yes. <laughs> so I interviewed for the job for pretty much six months and then I got the job. Yeah. Amazing. And what did you take? What were the opportunities at Barney's? Was it it was already the cool go to department store? Any any immediate changes or any what what role or what impact did you want to make there? So at Barney's, it's unlikely like shoots where again like my position here it's it's different in a way because I'm managing like the whole thing in the U.S. Yeah, as a fashion director, you can bring like certain brands, but of course it's it's a lot of people, right? Like. Yes. Um, making that decision with you. So yep. you have the chief merchant or you have, you know, the, the GMMs or you have the buyers and everyone is waiting in. Yes. So it's not just being like, oh, I love this brand. Let's bring it in. <laughs> I think it's going to be successful. Like there's a lot. Corporate structure. Corporate structure, to, you know, to make that happen and to see if that's going to translate to the business or not. So. Yes, bringing in like new designers. I was working a lot in in Barney's private label and developing products for for the brand as well. But then also had my hands on a little bit of the social media and 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 trying to bring that freshness, you know, yeah. perception of fashion into the business in general. Definitely. So it's not the transition that everyone thinks it is, like Barney's to shoots. What I feel like. Like you said, you had your hands in so many things. Can you talk a little bit, one of the last questions, just um, 
building a private label brand. I feel like you have that background with developing a brand and kind of mm-hmm. taking it to the next level. Can you talk a little bit about the experience you had at Barney's and, again, why it makes sense, um, what you learned, go to shoots. how you've transitioned it? I think so. I was a fashion director for the past 10 years of my life, right? And then there were so many fashion shows that I watched, and I'm very grateful for, and I loved every moment of it. And but there was a moment that I wanted to do something for me, yeah, that I was tired, not tired, but I was like, okay, I'm giving advice to all of them. Let me try to put all that advice in place and see if that actually turns into something, right? So for me, there was a moment that I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the next step. I'm ready to have my hands really in every single thing, like in the retail, in the wholesale, in the digital packaging, every single thing. So I wanted to to create a bigger impact in into a business and not just to be just, you know, the fashion director and and to have my impact in the fashion in 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 a company, yep. but to have my impact in, in the business side. And that for me was the path to growth. And when I was thinking about like editorial, I left editorial to go to retail because I wanted growth in my career. And then I, from Barney's to to shoots, I wanted that business component of it. I wanted growth in my career as well. I didn't just want to be a fashion director for the rest of my life. Yes. So big changes as you as you start at a new brand, at a brand, other than changing the the store color to pink. <laughs> what are some immediate changes? Oh, um, so I did all the fall campaign. So since already, wow, we so August and September before our campaign was just shoe focus. It was mainly focused on the shoe, and I changed all imagery uh, for that because again, I want to showcase the women that we are a lifestyle brand in a way that they can come to us and buy and, and you know buy shoes and get fashion into their lives or like. Yeah. So all the campaign since August has been completely done. We redid the store in Madison, um, all marketing activations for Fashion Week, all the partnerships that we have been doing with, you know, influencers and then getting more women to see the shoes. This um, I have been doing. How can a brand like Shoots play into Fashion Week? So we were part of the Keith show. Oh, yes. Yes. Amazing. It was great. We were part of Baja East. Yeah. We are having a pop-up in Soho, uh, 224 Marbury Street. Please come and take a look. So that's part of September and October. We're doing a pop-up there. Cool. And we are dressing the girls, you know, and, 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 and key partners. And was that your doing or was kind of collaborating with fashion designers always a thing? Uh, on the I, runway. So I did it. Yep. It's the first time that we participated in the fashion show. Cool. See, you don't have to be a high, high-end brand to be <laughs> at Fashion Week. <laughs> you want to you wanna be part of the conversation, right? Yeah. You want to be where the where people are. And then, like, no one is not anymore. No one, it's just everyone wants to be part of the conversation. And and we are part of the conversation. I think that's what it's, it's good about shoots. Right on. Thanks for being here, Marina. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks. That's all for this episode. As a thank you for listening, we're offering Glossy Podcast listeners 20% off an annual Glossy Plus membership, giving you unlimited access to fashion and beauty stories. Use the code podcast at checkout. The Glossy Podcast is produced by Pierre Bienname. Please head to the review section on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast to give us a review and tell us what you think. Thanks for listening.